today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. A lot has been written, a lot has been said about uh, the legalization of uh, cannabis, uh, which has been happening well for a few years now. But as you recall, uh, this was actually supposed to be a, well, a part of an experimental uh, enterprise by between the federal government and the provincial governments. Uh, remember, we had jurisdictional problems and all sorts of stuff. But, uh, there's supposed to be an accumulation of data to be able to make some uh, some evaluations as to how effective the rollout has been on this. And uh, apparently Canada's provinces and territories are not disclosing an awful lot of the data that's very, very much needed. Uh, Michael J. Armstrong uh, is with us. Uh, of course, Professor uh, Michael Armstrong is Associate Professor of Operations and Research at the Goodman School of Business at Brock University and uh, also the author of a piece that uh, appeared uh, recently uh, in CMAJ, the journal, and uh, talks a little bit about some of the shortcomings of the program. Uh, Professor, great to have you back in the program. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. Let's talk a little bit about where we are with this program right now. And as I said at the outset, there always seemed to be a problem between jurisdiction about uh, who's doing what when it came to the legalization. Maybe you could clarify for our listeners exactly what the federal responsibility is and what the provincial responsibility is here. That's uh, that's almost a great question of the Canadian system, the federal and provincial jurisdiction. Well, yeah. <laughs> we could talk all day about that, couldn't we? Oh, I'm sure, but we won't. Uh, yeah, so cannabis-wise... The way it's worked in Canada is that the federal government took the lead on legalization. So it passed uh, its Cannabis Act. Uh, so the way it stands, it regulates all of the producers. Anyone wants to grow cannabis or uh, process it into a product has to get licensed by the federal government. Likewise, the federal government regulates the products themselves in terms of what's allowed, what's not allowed. Uh, and they also oversee medical cannabis sales to patients. But the provincial governments each have uh, responsibility for <clears throat> regulating uh, retail sales and uh, rules about consumption in their own jurisdictions. So Ontario, uh, way back when, about three years ago now, uh, we had the Liberal government at the time. They said, okay, we're gonna, they're going to set up a public sector uh, cannabis retailer, kind of like the LCBO. Mm-hmm. They called it the OCS, the Ontario Cannabis Store. But then the uh, Ford government won the election. And they said, no, we're going to go private sectors, uh, and they started licensing stores. So each province has done things differently. Ontario, it's pretty mostly a private sector business model, like Alberta. Uh, Quebec and mostly Atlantic provinces, on the other hand, went public sector. So Quebec has a government agency uh, selling cannabis, much like it has one selling alcohol. So that's the how they divvied up the jurisdictions. All right, and... and- I know we've had a number of discussions about this, but as you say in the piece today, uh, there was supposed to be a reporting mechanism. Was that uh, all licensed producers were supposed to file monthly reports about what was going on? Indeed, and, and that is happening. Uh, so if you are a cannabis retailer, for example, you have to file a report with the OCS. Uh, every month the OCS files, files a report with Health Canada, uh, just like all the other provincial and territorial uh, cannabis agencies. So Health Canada uh, has a big database of... Uh, uh, how much cannabis was sold by ca- product category, how much dry cannabis, the smokable stuff, how much cannabis oil, how many edibles. Um, and it's got that for every province, for every month, going back to the beginning of legalization. And the good news is that Health Canada posts uh, national totals of those numbers on its website. So you can look and see, okay, this is how much, uh, how many packages of dry cannabis were sold last month, uh, that kind of information. The bad news is it doesn't break that down by province. Um, 
which is a problem for researchers like me, uh, people in, in the healthcare, people looking into social justice, those kinds of issues, because what we'd like to do is say, well, hey, we've got this, this something new has happened in Canada. We've legalized cannabis, uh, unlike almost anywhere else in the world. So has that, what has been the impact of that? You know, we have all these debates uh, around legalization. Oh, is that good for, good for social justice or is it bad? Is it going to drive crime up or will it drive crime down? Will it be bad for health or will it be good for health? Um, so we'd like to do research on that and actually trying to figure it out. Um, but to do that research, we need to be able to make correlations. Like if we have information, uh, like how many people were admitted uh, to hospital with cannabis overdoses in Toronto. If we could uh, correlate that and say compare that to well, how much cannabis was sold in Toronto, uh, maybe we say, hey, legal cannabis has led to more overdoses, or maybe it's actually led to less because people are buying the safe tested stuff instead of the black market weed. But because Health Canada doesn't release that, uh, we can't make that analysis. And they don't release it because the provincial agencies don't uh, want to, to give the data away, apparently. For what, what's the justification for it, though? Good question. <laughs> um, I think I think part of it is uh, just kind of the natural tendency of bureaucracies to not want to make waves, not want to cause controversy. Uh, you know, any government agency doesn't want to get its minister uh, to look bad, quote unquote. Um, so I think that's that's just kind of the default as well. Let's, let's not give away any information unless we have to. Um, some. It's not to say they're all completely sick. Let's look at the Ontario Cannabis Store, for example. Mm -hmm. Here in Ontario, um, when legalization started, I would say they were the the worst. They were the most secretive. Uh, Three years ago, they did not even want to confirm the location of their warehouse. Even after the newspaper reporters had found it, they wouldn't comment on that. Uh, As if, I don't know, they're worried about somebody breaking in, robbing the whole place or something. Uh, however, uh, once year two of legalization came along, they started to relax a bit. I think maybe because they got a new CEO. Uh, one of their uh, senior executives started giving uh, interviews with the press. Uh, they started putting out a quarterly report they call their Insights Report. that talks about, okay, these are the kinds of products they're selling well. Uh, this is how many dollars in sales. Um, those kinds of things. So that's, that's actually very useful information on the business side. Uh, if you're a would-be retailer, you can look at those reports, get some idea what cus- your customers might like. So they've definitely improved, um, but there's still a lot of uh, data they're not giving out. Um, and Are they collecting that data? Oh, yes. Well, I mean, in the case of... So the, yeah. they have that information, they're just not sharing it. That's right. So the... The report that goes to Health Canada every month, for example, says, okay, this is how many, how many packages you sold of dry canvas is how many dollars worth. They collect that, they send it to Health Canada, but they don't publish it anywhere. Um, even more interesting for some types of research would be their, their actual sales database. Like OCS sells, I think they do hundreds of thousands of transactions a month, uh, people buying, ordering online. Uh, some of that would be very interesting for economists to get into and say, you know, what are the markups on prices like? Uh, uh, do retailers have more power in this market? Do uh, producers have more power? Uh, who do we have to worry about maybe uh, influencing the government policy too much? Those kinds of things. So there's, there's all kinds of data there. Uh, it would be great if we could get more access to it. And 
as a counterexample, uh, some U.S. states are very good at this. Uh, Colorado and Washington State, for example, both publish every month uh, total sales broken down to the county level. So for us, that'd be equivalent to municipality or city. So you don't have to ask for it. You just go to the website. There's a big spreadsheet. Uh, you know, this many hundred thousand dollars sold in this city. This many hundred thousand dollars sold in that city. Uh, there's all kinds of great things you can do with that if you're a researcher. Here's the, here's the concern, though. You know, I remember having conversations with you back before this actually you know, became law, uh, and we had a lot of questions. Everybody had a lot of questions. You know, how too many stores, too few stores. Uh, you know, is there going to be an increase in 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 in, in healthcare costs? I mean, is it going to be physical harm to people? Uh, you know, are they still going to use black market stuff? Uh, and if in the absence of this data that you can't get your hands on right now, uh, we haven't got answers to those at this, at this point, do we? Well, we we have some answers. I mean, there is some research. I've done some research. Uh, if you if if you can do, answer your research question with kind of aggregate data, like pr- total sales across Canada, there's decent data for that. And so I I did a, uh, a study and uh, confirmed that you know, okay, why didn't legal sales grow as quickly as they, they we would have liked them to in the first year? Well, mm-hmm. for the first uh, approximately six to seven months, there was a shortage of dry products. That was something the provincial and federal governments had also argued about <laughs> uh, about two years ago, where uh, mm-hmm. the Ford I government remember. blamed the Bill Blair and the federal government, and Bill Blair blamed the Ford government. Uh, well, it turns out there was a shortage of product for the first six to eight months, but then after that, the limits on sales growth has been how many stores can you open. So the fact that Ontario was very slow at licensing stores uh, has been the main limit on uh, increasing legal sales in our province since then. So you can do some of that, but... If, digging deeper to answer more detailed questions right now, uh, that's very difficult. Which was supposed to be part of this grand experiment. I mean, I, and again, I guess we go back to the beginning of our conversation about federal and provincial uh, relationships, I guess, and sharing of information. And, and this is not, as you mentioned, the only example where this isn't happening to the degree that it should be. But if, if we're going to make a determination about how effective the program and the rollout has been, it's, it's pretty important to have this stuff, isn't it? It is, and uh, and there's an important occasion coming up uh, to motivate us, I hope. Uh, when the federal government passed its legislation, it built into the law uh, a requirement for a three-year review. So as of this October, uh, we're coming to the third anniversary of legalization. Uh, the federal government has to start a review process to look at the legislation, look at its regulations, say, okay, what, what parts of this have worked well, uh, what parts... Should we make some improvements in? Uh, you know, do we have to have more restrictions, less restrictions? How do we balance that out? Because you know, nobody really knew what the best approach was. We were kind of the first uh, to really try it on a, on a big scale. Um, so now let's let's tinker with it. And let's improve it. So the concern now uh, that me and some of my colleagues have, when we get to that review this fall, we're going to have three groups of people in the room. There's going to be the federal government uh, who has got all kinds of data because Health Canada collects it. Uh, so that can help with them with make their arguments. We're going to have industry uh, going up and making proposals where they'd like to see changes, and they can back that up with the data from their own sales databases. The big producers, the larger retail chains can look at what sales they've had. And then there's everybody else, uh, you know, business researchers, healthcare researchers, social justice researchers, who healthcare organizations who would like to make some comments, uh, but we have not a whole lot of data to back 
up our analysis because we don't have access currently to either of those databases. Um, so it could be a very unequal conversation uh, if that's what happens this fall. How healthy is the industry right now? Uh, well, it's not great, but uh, it is surviving. And the retail side, the main problem is the pandemic, of course, just like with mm -hmm. other retailers. Sure. Uh, although cannabis is, is, is doing not too badly, partly because uh, the provinces realized that they'd better count it as an essential service. Now, it's obviously not essential the way groceries are, but uh, you know, if you, if you close the legal cannabis stores, yeah, well, people are just going to go back to the black market. Sure. So the fact that they've kept them open, at least for curbside pickup throughout most of this pandemic, that's let the, uh, the retailers uh, at least survive. Uh, the producers, uh, yes, the pandemic's been a problem for them, but the bigger problem over the past year and a half has just been uh, downsizing. They, they built too many greenhouses. They had too much capacity uh, for the amount of market share they were able to capture, at least up to this point. So the producers have been struggling. Um, I think we're getting close to the end of that downsizing wave. Um, I wouldn't say it's the end of it, but maybe getting close. And actually kind of circling back now, the fact that Ontario is finally getting a decent number of stores uh, we're almost at 500 now. We'll probably hit the 500 store sometime this week. Uh, there's another 1,000 or so in the pipeline. Um, so that will also help producers because Ontario is the biggest market. Uh, they've been unable to really serve that market because Ontario hasn't had very many stores. But once all those stores open, uh, that will be a whole lot more sales potential for Canadian producers across the country. Because of the lack of stores, what not as many as there should be anyway, uh, is, is there more black market usage in Ontario than maybe in some other jurisdictions? Very much so. Uh, the, as, it's really hard to tell how big the black market is because, of course, they don't fill that government report. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the estimates are Canada-wide. Uh, legal cannabis now has more than half of the market, um, you know, maybe 55 60%, something like that. Uh, but Ontario, we're behind. We're, uh, the Ontario Cannabis Store estimates about 40% up to uh, the end of last year. Uh, you know, a couple percent more going to the medical cannabis system, so maybe we're around 45%. So that's a big improvement from two and a half years ago when it was pretty much zero. But uh, we're, we are behind the rest of the country, so getting these extra stores open uh, is very important for beating the black market in Ontario. Uh, were, there, were the expectations too high when this whole process started to roll out after the legalization? I mean, I, I think you and I have talked in the past. I mean, there are a couple of different enterprises that, that, well, a couple in Hamilton, as a matter of fact, that were supposed to go great guns and, and both have pulled back. I know some of the other places that were potential uh, production facilities uh, in uh, some in Barrie and Collingwood and places like that uh, have just gone. They're, they're not there anymore. They're, I don't know if they're on hold or if they've given up on this. Uh, did, did they set the bar too high? Uh, I think there were some unrealistic expectations, uh, hype on both ends of the scale. You know, there are some social conservatives uh, arguing, oh, no, this cannabis legalization is horrible. You know, society will collapse. Uh, everyone will get high, whatever, whatever. Uh, and, of course, that didn't happen. Um, most of Canada just carried on. Mm -hmm. uh, on the other hand, there were also some people who said, oh, well, this is going to bring on a, a green rush, uh, all kinds of jobs, all kinds of investment, all kinds of profits. Um, well, okay, it has created jobs, particularly on the retail side. Um, not a lot of profits yet on the corporate side. We've got some tax revenue. So I think there's just too much hype, both pro and con. 
Um, real, more realistic appraisal. Okay, it's a new industry. Uh, lots of growing pains the first year, both figuratively and literally. Uh, last year and a half, it's kind of been sorting itself out. Uh, I think maybe a year from now, it's going to be more or less in kind of a stable state and get back to kind of a, a more normal industrial uh, level of growth. Always a pleasure, Professor, to get you on the program and get your perspective on this. It's a great read, by the way, for people that want to check this out, and uh, they can go to the webpage and uh, get some further details, and we'll see how the uh, governments respond uh, as you get toward that anniversary and the review date. Uh, thanks again for the time today. My Take care. pleasure. Dr. Michael Armstrong, of course, uh, from Brock University. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.